You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. I was hoping I was going to have a little moment to recover from that story. I was having a little cry. Um, I had a few things going around my head with Hanging by Thread. One of them was actually my mum sews. She's in her 70s and she sews. Um, But what was at the forefront of my mind was um, a relationship I'm in that at the moment really feels like it's hanging by a thread. Um, It was a relationship that started in lockdown in December 2020. And lockdown was a weird time. Um, I never thought I'd U-Haul, but I U-Hauled with her. It's a lesbian joke. Someone got it. (laughs) Someone else just put their hand up. Yes. Um, She moved in after eight weeks. And um, there were elements of lockdown that made the relationship easier. And there were elements of lockdown that made it a bit harder. And I tried really, really hard to make sure that even though we were in a lockdown and we were spending a lot of time together, that we could still do things like alone, together. Maybe we're in separate rooms sometimes. And I really felt like we'd laid that foundation and um, that we'd kind of progress into the real world with that level of alone and togetherness. Um, But about nine months ago, something shifted, and um, I realized that I'm someone who really wants to invest in multiple relationships in various forms, and um, that Juno, that's her name, is actually really toxically monogamous. Um, By which I mean, she can't stand it if I give anyone else any attention. And I think if I'd known that the Cavapoo breed of dog was so jealous, um, I probably wouldn't have bought a Cavapoo. Um, So she's a dog. Um, And I feel, (laughs) just in case some people think she's a person, um, I think... (laughs) Oh, tiny round of applause. (laughs) Tiny round of applause. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But it it feels really bad to say that because um, I actually, I'm one of those people that I can't stand it when I think someone's got a dog and they haven't thought about it. And it, it happens a lot in London. Like you see dog owners and you're like, you didn't think about this. You just got a dog because we were in lockdown. Very sweet dog at the front here. Um... Uh, it happens a lot in London, um, and, I, and that wasn't me. Like I did really think about it, but um, she, she's ruining my life at the moment. <laughs> she's ruining my life, and um, that is because I'm actually in a relationship with a human, uh, a lovely human called Alex, and um, they're moving in in November, and they have a cat, and uh, we've been slowly trying to introduce their cat, Tormund, and my dog, Juno, and it's not going well. It's not going well. It's not going well because Juno cannot 
stand it if either of us even speaks to the cat. I only have to say, are you a good boy, Tormund? And Juno's running at me, and she's like scratching at my leg and crying, and honestly like unraveling, like losing her mind, emotional meltdown. Um, So we kind of stopped with the cat and dog introductions, but it escalated, and it escalated to become, um, Alex can't touch me. If Alex touches me, Juno bites Alex. Um, it escalated to if we go to a restaurant or a cafe and a wait staff, a person who's waiting on us, what am I saying? A member of staff talks to me, she bites them. She bites my friends. She bit a baby that I said was cute. Okay? I was holding my friend's baby and I said to the baby, oh, Ray, aren't you so cute? And Juno jumped up and went, and um, tried to nibble all along baby Ray's leg. So we found her a therapist. Um, And it's very expensive, dog therapy. It's very expensive. And much like human therapy, you kind of have to... We're digging back into Juno's past, which is traumatic for me and her. Um, We're uncovering things that happened when she was a puppy, um, like her first interaction with another dog, we were in Tyrrell's Wood, which is actually, it's near Long Stratton, maybe you know it. And um, a, a six-month-old Labrador puppy came bounding out of the woods. And uh, my mum's a very anxious person. She picked Juno up, Juno up. Juno's a tiny calipoo. And um, obviously, the six-month-old puppy quite wanted to say hello to Juno, the little dog. And so it was quite understandably bouncing up at my mum and trying to say hello. And if it had been me, I would have just put Juno down, like moved away, let them just be dogs. But my mum started shouting into the woods, can you call your dog? It's attacking me. It's attacking me. And then we hear this shout from the distance, Badger! Badger! And this very ruddy uh, Englishman in tweed comes striding out of the forest. Badger! And Badger doesn't give a shit. Badger doesn't care about this man. Um, and my mum and him end up in some kind of altercation where my mum's using her very stern teacher voice and the dog's attacking me. Remove your control your dog. You shouldn't have one if you can't control your dog. Um, and I imagine it was a bit stressful for Juno to be like in the arms of someone in a high state of adrenaline anxiety. Um, so there's, there's some funny things that have come up in this kind of like trauma trawling. Uh, and also some things where I felt a bit like, oh God, I didn't, I didn't do right by Juno in that situation. Like maybe I shouldn't have taken her to this thing or maybe I didn't deal with this interaction in the way I should have done. And I, I've been feeling a bit stressed about that. Um, I do think like, I really researched getting a dog. We did a lot of puppy training, we did socialization, but for various reasons, um, she's stressed at the moment, she's stressed, and that's why she's biting people and, and acting in a way that seems aggressive, but it's coming from like a place, a place of fear and stress. And so over the last two weeks with this dog therapist, I've been kind of monitoring her behavior and um, doing videos for Matty, the therapist, trying to work out, like, what are Juno's triggers? What is it that she finds um, overstimulating? What is it that she's finding stressful? What's going on in her brain? And what I've discovered is that a lot of it is things to do with the city. So 
really uh, we live in london busy roads are tricky um screaming children uh crowded places she just she's she can't cope at the moment with the city and i actually like i really understand that um when i was uh, i was born and raised in london but when i was four my parents bought a house in dis um you probably know it, it's on the train line between norwich and london and um we would come up every weekend to Dis, and it was like a fixer-upper house. So we would come at the weekends and work in the garden and do things on the house. And I loved it. I, me and my sister would like run around the garden and pretend we were horses. She would like groom me. It was a bit weird. Um, and um, I started horse riding. <laughs> yeah. And um, I started horse riding, and I desperately wanted to move to the countryside. And um, my sister didn't, and she kind of... She grew out of the countryside, I guess, and didn't want to leave her school in London. And so when I was 16 and she'd left for uni, me and my mum and dad finally were able to move. And people say to me all the time, like, oh, my God, that must have been awful. At 16, you left London where there's everything to do and you move to the countryside and there's nothing. And I find it such a surprising uh, opinion that people have because... I don't think there's nothing to do in the countryside. I think there's different things to do. And the different things to do really work for my brain. I have ADHD and um, my inner tempo is like fast and the city is fast and the city speeds me up. And, and being in the countryside like slows me down and I felt at peace when I moved. Um, and so I really understand um, what Juno's going through. Like I, I did uni in Norwich here, I went to UEA and I moved back to London because I wanted to be an actor and I felt like I had to be in London to do that and I had to live this fast paced life and um, I just like realized that I've been there 11 years now and I've had enough and I didn't realize that I'd had enough of the city until I really focused on Juno and realized like she's had enough and the city's overstimulating for her. And we've been um, house-sitting for my parents in this since Wednesday, harvesting in the garden and going on long walks in Tyrrell's Wood, where we met Badger. And um, she's so much calmer and happier, and we haven't had the behavior that we have in London. And um, I'm calmer and happier. And um, I think a few weeks ago, it really felt like mine and Juno's relationship was hanging by a thread. And now I feel like there's a way we can stitch our relationship back together. And it involves leaving London and moving to the countryside. And uh, luckily, my partner also wants to move to the countryside. So we are going to move to Hebden Bridge. And uh, <laughs> lesbian uh, stereotype. <laughs> and um, <laughs> if I had more time, I would tell you about why that is actually a tricky thing, uh, but in short, someone my partner used to date has just moved to Hebden Bridge, and it turns out I'm the toxically monogamous one, and I don't want them to hang out. Lady Clark! <laughs> that was so beautiful. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.